What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Self Helpless Podcast. I'm Delaney Fisher. And I'm Kelsey Cook. And today we're talking all about changing your mind. You know, if you have like yeah. guilt or feel bad or, you know, um, overwhelmed that you maybe change your mind pretty frequently about anything, whether it's lifestyle stuff, career stuff, I don't know, relationships even, that's what we're talking about today. So, um, but Kelsey, do we have a hot quote before we get into all the juice we do have a hot quote before <laughs> we've got a couple before this before that thing <laughs> i want to plug my tour dates real quick before oh, yes. we get into the quote <laughs> plug the dates um, plug it up so you guys pl- plug her up i will be in davenport in august as well as dania beach florida and then in september i'm going to be in fort collins at the comedy fort i will be in louisville Louisville, Louisville. Kentucky. Yes. <laughs> I'll be at the Louisville Comedy Club. And uh, and then in October, I will be in Spokane. I will be in Cleveland. I will be in Grand Rapids in November. We've got Atlanta, DC, Boston, Nashville, Huntsville. So many coming up the rest of the year, you guys. So please go to KelseyCook.com. Get those tour date tickets. It's been so fun on the road meeting everybody. So please come out. I love it. Yes. I guess I'll, I'll yeah. plug some stuff as well. I am. Um, so I have a podcast over at DelaneyFisher.com. It's currently a private podcast, completely free, all about building an unconventional life and career. I have even changed my podcast name over there for the third time. Yes. This episode <laughs> is called changing your mind 
for a reason. I'm not even going to tell you what the name is yet. Just go over there if you're curious. Um, Because who knows if it's the last one I'll have. Anyway, we have had such awesome guests on already. Like um, I talked with a Yachty who travels the world uh, and makes money doing that kind of stuff. Um, I talked with a motorcycling magician who also helps refugees. I have an somebody who owns an herbiary coming on the podcast. I am having so much fucking fun over there meeting all these people and talking with all these people who do the coolest, weird is shit for money and are really going against the grain so go on over there it's just a good time um but yeah delaneyfisher.com you can get it over there amazing well like delaney mentioned we do have an incredible quote for this episode and it is it's just perfect for this topic so the quote is whenever you find yourself on the side of the majority it is time to pause and reflect Oh, and wow. that is a Mark Twain quote that was submitted by our helpster, Kelly. And if you would like to be able to submit quotes to the podcast and sorry, hold on, Mia's scratching. Hold on. Hey. I literally just slingshotted a, a scrunchie yes. to try to give her some of the play with. <laughs> I feel like we should keep that in. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> That's a fun YouTube shot too. You're just slingshotting yeah. your, your child. <laughs> oh, not at her. Okay. Just, like playing fetch, like giving her something to chase. Oh, to... you're a better mother than I then. Cause I would just straight up try to hit Maverick or Goose to make them stop. No. Oh gosh. She's <laughs> such a stinker. Um, so uh, if you want to be able to submit quotes and listen to bonus episodes, be able to choose what topics we talk about on the show, you can join our Patreon community at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. It's just a blast over there. Uh, but yes. this quote, what a great quote. I really, really love that. Yeah, me too. I love I love it too. I think it's interesting because like I, when I do pause and reflect of like, what do I actually want versus what does everybody kind of want around me? Sometimes I do generally want what the majority wants and sometimes mm-hmm. I generally don't. You know, and it's like, yep. just, it's okay if you want either thing, but making sure it's coming from like an inward decision and not just external factors and pressures and everything. So yeah, just wanted to talk about changing our minds uh, for this episode. And I think it really came up for me because recently I changed my mind yet again, you know, kind of around my business and kind of career and stuff like that. And I noticed that my immediate um, default response was to feel bad, was to feel like a Mm. failure, was to feel guilty, was to feel all these really negative things. And I was like, why is this the, the natural response? Why is this my natural go-to that it's such a terrible, negative, horrible thing? Um, and I don't know if it, it, I think I have a lot of reasons or ideas of why that might be. And maybe it's even amplified because we do have a platform. And so when I do share something, I Uh, share it with a lot of people. And then I say, actually, I'm not doing that anymore. It's this way. I think, I think my feelings are amplified because of that as well, because I, I mean, I don't know, several months ago, I announced kind of a direction I was going with, uh, my consultancy. And I'm telling you, Kelsey, within like a matter of like, maybe four weeks, I was like, Oh, this is not it. Uh, this is not. Wow. I, I, so what is the feeling you have in your body when you are feeling certain about making a change? 
So like before you decided to make that pivot into that specific type of consulting, what were you feeling that was like, not only do I feel so strongly about making this change, but I am going to like, I want to talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. I think for me, when I made that decision, it was all in my head. It was like, this makes sense uh, because of all these external factors. I'm part of a um, you know, self-help podcast. So me helping mental health professionals makes sense. I'm part, you know what I mean? I look yeah. at all, all of some of my favorite clients ever have all been practitioners in XYZ. So for me, it was like a very educated decision, but based on data. But when I look back, it wasn't based on like a visceral gut instinct. Oh, you know what sure. I mean? Uh-huh. But I feel like, but, but in the moment, I'm like, this could be my direction, you know, this could be, um, what I do, but so, so what I was, and I, I want to make it really clear. It wasn't like I was bored of who I was working with. It was the fact that because I'm not like a mental health professional with a practice in X, Y, Z, when I was like interviewing people on my podcast or whatever about it, I was asking questions based on what I thought other people might find helpful, but it wasn't my, my genuine curiosity based on what I would want to know as somebody in the same Mm. position that I'm excited to implement in my life or think about, does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. It was very early on where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing this for the right reasons. And like, what would I be doing if it was for just pure fun and joy without my head playing a part? Yeah. Um, so that's just my most recent example is like, I, I shifted gears and immediately found out like, Oh wait, this is, this is not it. Um, right. and as soon as I changed things based on not like a local kind of, um, reason they have felt so much better and so much fun and things are feeling great in that's my day. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so Yes. I I think there's a big difference where like when I know I'm doing something because I want to, it's like my whole body is excited. Yeah. And when I'm making a decision based on my head, it just feels like, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I just have to do it because it makes sense to everybody else. Um, Right. One thing that is kind of hard to talk about is um, I feel like the last maybe few years, I've kind of been making decisions based on uh, fear and fear of like visibility. Like, I feel like both in my personal and professional life, there's been like some traumatic things that have happened because of my visibility or being accessible or whatever. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, when I look at the moves that I have made in the last, I don't know, a handful of years or couple or whatever, it's almost like I tried to make myself smaller and smaller and smaller and more boring and more boring and more boring. So I would be safe. So nobody would be able to whatever, get me right. I know these are these, I was not conscious of those decisions, but like, there's a lot of decisions I made to be less and less visible, less and less, like, I don't know. I, I, I wasn't kind of being like my full personality in a lot of ways and certain things. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of coming out of that and I kind of hit a wall where I'm like, oh, I'm not having fun in my business, really. What is going on here? Um, And I think that was a big realization, too. Um, Yeah. 
And what's, what's unfortunate. It's like my, those feelings have kind of been confirmed where I'm like, yeah, I've had a lot of peace and quiet and no issues in a lot of ways with my decisions. So it's kind of confirmed like, Hey, that was, that was, those were good moves for like wanting that like peace and tranquility, but I got fucking bored. Um, yeah. You know, but that's so not you either. You're not a stay small kind of person. Right. I think you're somebody who very much values your peace. And I've really admired the ways that you have changed your life in the past few years to protect your time, protect your energy, streamline things. But yeah, it's, I, I can understand that pressure too, of like the more public we've made our lives. Yeah. It feels like you're afraid to make a move in any direction and be scrutinized for anything because it's like you truly can be scrutinized for anything now with the internet. Right. right. And I don't know about you, Kels, but like there uh, very early on in like being a performer, I had some like very traumatic things happen that did not, I didn't really process, you know, like yeah. I was followed to my car one night by two men. And luckily somebody intervened. I had a stalker very early on. Um, you know, there's been threat threatening things that have happened. And so it, it almost feels like I'm, I'm jug, I am battling with myself of like, see when you were more visible, you were more in danger, oh. which was actually true. Like I'm not, yeah. it wasn't stuff I'm like making up of what ifs. It was like, no, these things actually happen. And rem- and then when you, when you closed off the visibility and you got a little bit more boring, you were a lot more safe. And that was yeah. true. So this yeah. is, this is the hard part. It's like, how do I rectify that? How do I be my fullest mm. self, but kind of protect my own peace? Um, yeah. That's do you feel like something's missing for you? Um, I think I have figured, I think I have found the things that I want to do. I think I just had to build my own template for it. You know, like, yeah. I'm like I don't know how I'm going to do both. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, for example, this podcast, it makes me feel like I'm doing both. Like I, I get to be my, like my full expression, but there's mm-hmm. also a lot of peace for me. Like I'm not on social media and stuff like that. So I think there's yeah. a happy medium that, that I'm still like a happy medium I'm, I'm still finding. Does anything come up for you as far as like, I don't know, changing your mind or changing your mind as a public figure or anything like that, that I don't know, comes up for you? Yeah. Talk about? Definitely. When you were talking about making decisions with your head based on your gut, that's been a ton of my career pivots over the past, God, 15 years is going into college thinking I was going to be a high school math teacher. And that was all head stuff. That was all very logic based. Like this is a safe career choice. I love math. I'm good at math. I loved my high school math teachers. I should be a high school math teacher. I loved the high school I went to. I should be a teacher at the school I went to. I'm like every decision I was making for myself was based solely on very like black and white logic of how do I pick a safe and um, more, what's the word I'm looking for? Not necessarily consistent path, but something that had more guaranteed success. I was so afraid to fail. And uh, then I ended up making a huge pivot halfway through college, completely changed my mind, realized that that was not what I was supposed to do. And I, it was like a leap in the net will appear moment. I switched my math major to a broadcast production major. 
I started doing open mics and just, I just like pushed that door open a millimeter of, but what, like, what if I actually do the thing that I love? What if I actually, and it's, I do love math, but like, I got to a point where I didn't feel that that was my destiny in life was to do that. I felt like I was supposed to be doing some sort of comedy or performance in some way. And so crazy. It's like, I think when you're on the path you're supposed to be, you can nudge the door open a millimeter. And sometimes the universe will just blow the door wide open. And it became so clear that that was the path I was supposed to be on. Like so many opportunities started to flow in. So that's the nice thing about if you do change your mind and it is the right decision, I feel like, you know, pretty quickly. Right. And if it's not, you also can know really quickly, like you were saying, the change you made with the podcast, um, I'm sorry, not the podcast, yeah. uh, your, your consulting, you're like, oh, this is not necessarily the thing I want to be doing. Yeah, absolutely. And so when you, when you kind of pivoted for yourself, what sparked that? Was there something that somebody said? Did you see something? Did you just feel it internally? Do you remember a certain moment? Yeah, I was. I mean, I was so unhappy at that point in my math major. I, I think I've mentioned it on here before, but I was in calculus three, like trying to teach myself. Essentially, we didn't have a great professor and it just sucked. I was like, this can't be. I know that there is that there are going to be struggles when you're on your path to what you want to do in life. But it just is like, yeah. this isn't this doesn't feel right. And I had gone to an improv comedy show at my college. And it was electric being there in the room. I was like, oh my God, these are the people that I want to be around. I want to be doing something like this. And so I started doing open mic and it was like a drug. The first time I did an open mic, I it just, I was like, okay, this is, I need yeah. to be, I need to be doing something different. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery Starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. And yeah, and it's continued to be like that even on my path of comedy that I've changed my mind so many times about what my life is supposed to look like as a comedian. Mm. Because you can really make your comedy career what you want it to be. But for a really long time, I thought I just had to live in L.A. because that's what you did. That's what comics did is they lived in LA or New York if they wanted to be successful. And I know that COVID really changed the course of a lot of that as well, that comics 
many different types of people moved outside of their usual city and realized that they could work remotely or, or whatever it was. But I never thought that I would be able to have the career of my dreams once I moved to my hometown in Washington state. Like that's right. That's not what I would have foreseen for myself. But I think if we go back to the whole thinking with your head versus the feeling in your gut, it was like, I left LA because of a gut feeling. It's like, I can't continue to be here. Yeah. And I think sometimes if you just at least listen to your gut and take the next step, you don't have to know all of the next steps, but just like get yourself on the next right path and you'll never know what happens. Cause I was shocked at what happened for my career when I moved to Washington. Like all of these things I had been wanting for years in LA that weren't happening all of a sudden happened when I just made myself happier, <laughs> like lived yes. in a place that I felt like myself. It just was, it was better in every way. So, and then, yeah. you know, obviously moving from Washington to Minneapolis, it's like Minneapolis is still not LA or New York. And yet I'm, I've never been happier. My career has never been better. It just, I feel like my life in general hasn't been better. So yeah. I think, I think it's good to keep a loose idea sometimes of like what you consider to be the best thing for yourself. Even if you know, Hey, this is the career I want, even within that career, keep an open mind because sometimes those little pivots can make such a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. I've just stopped trying to put myself, I'm, I've just stopped trying to put myself in a box or any labels anymore. I'm done with that. I have to be done with it because it changes so frequently. And yeah. so I've like, if you know, if you go to my space and, and you're right, like I changed everything. I changed my, the, the focus of my consultancy. I changed my private podcast. It's a totally different direction, but I used to, you know, I used to like have my email signature with like, you know, consultant podcaster. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, it's just Delaney Fisher. Now, if you go there, it's just Delaney <laughs> Fisher. I don't know what the fuck is next. Right. It's been so many things. Yeah. And I think what, what has been hard for me to wrap my head around is like, you know, that feeling that you, that you mentioned Kyle's like at your first open mic, you got this feeling of like, yes, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. It's like, I got that feeling too, when I had my first performance. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I had that feeling. And then at some point, six and a half years later, I was like, this is, and then I had a feeling about something else. And so yeah. I think it's hard for me to wrap my head around that. Some people get that feeling and then they do that thing for the rest mm -hmm. of their life. And they're so happy. And then I get those feelings every five to seven years about something new. And I go in a different direction and I've felt like, God, there's just something wrong with me that I can't just stay on the path, like one path yeah. or like one clear direction. And I always kind of ask like, why, why is this, why have I felt like this is such a bad thing when like, we don't do this to like kids on a playground. You know what I mean? Where it's like, if yeah. a kid like wants to play in the sand and then they want to go on the jungle gym and they want to whatever, go on the seesaw. We're not like, no, you got to pick one thing for the fucking Swings day. forever, Jimmy. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Or, yeah. or even if, you know, a kid changes their mind throughout a whole year, maybe they're on swim team and then they want to try art class or they want to do both. We're not like, fuck you, pick, pick your lane yeah. and stay in it. Why do we do that to ourselves as adults? Like we're all just kind of kids on a playground following our curiosity and trying to have fun and enjoy ourselves. So I think for me, I have to remind myself, like I wouldn't be mean like to anybody else about changing their mind. I have to stop being yeah. so mean to myself. And 
I think there's also a lot of societal pressures of like deciding what you want to do with your whole life at 18 or even before 18, you apply to college and blah, blah, blah. Right. Never yes. didn't know what the fuck I was doing at 18 either. I was just, yes. oh, oh, this sounds fun. I'll try this. And, um, I may, you know, and maybe this like part of our survival brain too. It's like, this thing has kept us alive for so long. So just stay doing this. Don't change your mind. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of incredible articles out there on like why the human brain reacts this way to changing course. Um, and yeah, I've just had to like, I've had to force myself to see all the positives that changing my mind has, you know, has, has brought into my life. Like, you know, yes, I make quick decisions and I change my mind, but like I've grown every year because of it. My income grows every year. It's not like I'm absolutely railing my whole life every three months. And then I'm, you know, I'm starting from scratch in the trenches, you know, it's like, it's not a bad thing. What if I'm just evolving and it, it just feels a little bit messy sometimes. Like what is the the harm in that, you know? Um, and something that has really helped me, especially if you're self-employed or an entrepreneur, when you think of like all of your, all the biggest brands or your favorite businesses or brands or whatever, they've all gone through pivots, like shit that you would not even know. I actually looked up an article. This is from the chamber of commerce. Actually, here's just a little sneak peek at uh, a couple, a couple things. So Amazon, <laughs> Amazon started off as an online retailer for physical books. I don't know if you remember that. Not that we're all trying to be wow, Amazon, yes. but just like they started off just selling physical books. Right. And now they're like this online marketplace, Netflix. Remember Netflix? They started by letting you rent DVDs. and buy physical DVDs, right? Yes. Now, it's like yes. Is Netflix beating itself up that it's changing course as the market changes. No, no. um, Play-Doh was first sold as a cleaner that could remove coal residue from wallpaper in the 1930s. And then, OMG. right. Then they found out that like a school teacher was using it for playtime in their classroom or something. So these are just three examples, but spoiler alert, every brand has those stories. They start as one thing and they become something totally different when they're in their later stages and they're never done evolving. That to me made me feel so much better as an entrepreneur because I'm like, okay, it's just the fact that we often see businesses and maybe the later stages um, kind of after several pivots and we think that they don't pivot, but they do. And they do all the time because the world changes, the market changes. That gave me so much peace reading that kind of stuff. Um, So now I just feel like, okay, I'm an entrepreneur and entrepreneurs make quick decisions based on what needs to happen. Yeah, I think we need to, yeah, I think we need to normalize changing our minds. And also, do you remember that great quote where something like that we have to think of ourselves as a plant where some days we need more sunlight, some days we need more water, some days we need, it's like, we are changing at every age. Why wouldn't we? Right. I mean, it's like, right it only makes sense that the way we do our business, maybe the business we choose to take on in our careers, all that stuff will change. And that's completely fine. I agree so much with what you said at the beginning that there is this additional pressure as being somebody who makes announcements on something like a public platform, like a podcast of, Hey, I'm doing this now. 
and then changing your mind and feeling this sort of shame or pressure or or anything and I have seen that a lot in the past few years in the YouTube space because so I came up I'm 34 I came up in the time when YouTube was like really popping in a way where people were becoming influencers and making their living on YouTube Mm. I had my uh, one of my best friends Allison on as a guest on the show and as I was starting comedy in college she was starting her YouTube beauty channel so she would be in her room in our apartment filming beauty videos I would be in my room writing jokes and she really got in on the ground floor with that YouTube beauty movement but a lot of the people who became the most successful in that YouTube beauty space, including her, they got into that in their early 20s, sometimes late teens. And makeup was a huge passion of theirs. But as they've gotten older, and and some people love makeup for their entire lives. I hope I love makeup my whole life because I love it so much right now and have for many years. But for a lot of people, they get to an age where they're like, you know what? Lip gloss is not as fascinating to me at 33 as it was at 23. And these people who have built massive online followings about a very specific topic are now feeling this pressure of like, fuck, in order to keep this career, do I have to keep talking about bronzer until Mm -hmm. I'm 55? Mm -hmm. Or if I announce to my followers, hey, actually, this channel is now going to be about gardening. Is everybody going to be like, bye, I didn't follow you 10 years ago to watch you plant flowers. Like there is a really specific, I don't know that it's a massive group of people, but I think what you're talking about, there are many other people who deal with that where it's like, oh shoot, I've been talking and talking and talking about this one thing. Now I feel like a different person. I want to change my mind. Am I going to lose everything I've built? Yes, exactly. And it's, and it's true because yes, if you, if you overnight switch from beauty to gardening, you are going to lose people. You're going to keep people too. And you're also going to attract new people and you kind of have to be okay with that. And it is uncomfortable and scary. And like, my gosh, we've been doing this podcast for six years. I've announced and unannounced so many fucking things right over the years of like, Oh yeah, thought I wanted to do that, but I found out more information and I tried it. And now I'm going this way. And it, it, my, the immediate thing feels like it just feels like failure. Like I remember even leaving the the rowing team in college and living like, I don't want to come back next year and feeling like I failed, but it's like, I didn't fail. I just learned about myself. And I learned like, this is not how I want to spend my days. Right. I want to do something else. And yeah. why is that a bad thing? And, and maybe if, if there was pressure to like stick through something or achieve or whatever, maybe that's part of it too. Um, I also think women are treated very differently when they change their mind, um, than men per se, you know, like, uh, an ambitious woman in, you know, entrepreneur, uh, might get told certain different things like, Oh, wow, you're really flighty or all over the place where somebody, you know, yes. a man do the same thing is like, wow, you're really multifaceted and ambitious. Good for you. Right. But we're told that we're right. fucking crazy all the time. So maybe we also absorb that, but, um, yeah, I, that's a good I've, point. You know, it's like that, that's, that's definitely something, I mean, I've experienced it in my, in my life for sure. Where I'm like, Oh, wow. I, I realized I was told that. And they were told that how interesting. I wonder if it would be the opposite. If, if I was a dude, um, yes. And 
I just, I really try to be overwhelmingly positive now and list and remind myself of all the positive things of like, it's a good thing that I've evolved. I'm, I'm not, I'm glad I'm not the same person I was at 12. Right. I mean, my, one of my favorite bands is still the same tenacious D, but other than that, the logistics (laughs) of my life are very different. And I would say that's a very positive thing. Um, that we all evolve and we all grow and it's, it can be challenging because even on this podcast, people have heard so many different like versions of ourselves Mm -hmm. and some people really relate to the old version or the middle or the, 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 the present. And we kind of have to be okay with that because we like, we can't be everything for everybody, right? Like Mm -hmm. Some people like the episodes where it's just us. Some people like the guest episode. Like, okay, we just can't make everybody happy. Yeah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I think we had a hard time as podcast hosts having a longtime podcast and seeing reviews sometimes where people are like, I miss the, I miss the old episodes. Yeah. And it's like, uh, we loved doing those. But part of why those were so special is because it was the first time that you, me and Taylor were like really getting to know each other. Like we talk about that. We fell in love on the podcast with one another. Yes, And that was a special thing. And it's, it's like any relationship it's, you get six years in, I would like to think that we still have our honeymoon phase going on, (laughs) (laughs) but but we're also, it's like, we're not learning 20 new things about each other each episode like we were in the beginning because we have a different relationship but I think that brings its own series of great things it's like we have such a deep friendship all three of us now you know and uh changing publicly with people's opinions is hard like you said there is a pressure to just be what everybody wants us to be but everybody wants different things Exactly. And I I think the only thing that you could really do is show up and do the thing that you're excited about at that time, because that's when like your authenticity comes through and that's when things are genuine. And I think it's, it's just so funny because then, you know, there's other podcasters in our space that get shit for not growing or changing and evolving, right? Why is this the same show for over and over again? Should you guys be in a different spot? And then, you know, if you are in a different spot, you're like, we miss the old. And it's like, (laughs) you really just have to like be yourself and be okay with whatever people think. And um, yeah, it's really, it's really uncomfortable. Um, I also like to just tell myself that 
it's a really good thing that I have so many different ideas. Cause I've also, I've also really struggled with that too, where I'm like, mm-hmm. God, will my brain just shut the fuck up. Right. It just feels like this never ending faucet. That's just always on of a million wow. ideas a day. And I, sometimes I can turn the faucet off a little bit. Sometimes I can't. And I'm like, well, well what's the pause? What are the positives of this? I'm like, okay, I'm never going to be bored. I'm always going to have something yeah. I want to do next. Um, and it's a good thing that I can't do everything at once because now I'm like, oh, I can have a new project every year until the day I die. Like for real, I'm never mm-hmm. going to, I'll never run out of things. So what are the actual, like the positives of yeah. who you are and whether that's if changing your mind feels like it's a pretty frequent thing in your life, what are the upsides to that yeah. as well? You know? Yeah. I think we also need to talk about how much we've changed our mind outside of our career and things like deciding yeah. whether we wanted to have kids or not, oh, because yeah. those are, those are major life changes, major pivots that you just grow up thinking you're going to do one thing and then you get older and your life maybe looks a little bit different than you thought in in good ways. And you're like, right. oh, well, this is different. This is different. And so I'm changing my mind. And I I feel like sometimes I feel like I'm betraying myself or something, which is so silly. But we, mm. like you said, we do put this pressure on ourselves to uphold I don't know if it's like childhood things that you think when you're a kid, at least for me, the thought of having kids when I was younger, it just was like, oh yeah, you have kids, right? You have a family. Right. right. And then you get older and you watch your friends have kids. You watch your other family members have kids. You see what it actually looks like on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And you're just you're more informed now. So for yeah. both you and me, it was like, or you and I, excuse me, it just was not, not what our path was anymore. Yeah. That's a good point, Kels. I, and kind of back to in the beginning, it was like, how do you know when you're making a decision based on like, I don't know what's in your head or what's in your gut kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. I've, I've had, you know, I thought about that with kids too. It's like, any decision I would have at this time in my life to have them would be totally fear-based and not because I actually wholeheartedly wanted to do it for like the yeah. joy and experience. It would all be like, I'm scared of X, Y, Z if I, if I don't. Um, yeah. And that just doesn't feel good in my body, you know, that, that decision. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's a, definitely a big one. Yeah. I also, when you're a kid, you don't know what it feels like to be an aunt. And I have been so overjoyed with the experience of being an aunt and didn't realize how fulfilling that could be and how it really does kind of take over that space for me of having wanted kids. It's like, I can be as involved as I want to be in this child's life. Like I can really see her a ton if I want to and get to have that connection with her and man I'm just I could not be more obsessed with my niece I just love her so much and it's been such an amazing thing and like you said looking at the positives of you're like oh god I can't turn my brain off or I feel like I change my mind all the time I try to look at the positives a lot about choosing to not have kids because it 
it can be easy to look at people having those really sweet Instagram moments with their babies and stuff like that and be like, ah, man, I I hope I am going to be okay with not having kids. And then I think about like, God damn, it is so nice to be able to just like wake up with my partner and be like, what do you want to do today? And then we just do that. Right. Right. (laughs) It's like, we don't, there's no like, well, but we, do, do they like, is it okay if we bring kids there or like, do we get a sitter or whatever? It's, I mean, our conversations about our life are really just, what do we want to do? And I can take a nap whenever I want to take a nap. I can go wherever I want to go. There is something that's really wonderful about that. And I don't think that it's a bad thing to think about all of the upsides of this path you've chosen. Absolutely. I even like to think of what if I just stop thinking about it as like changing my mind or pivoting or shifting gears? What if it's just like, oh, I'm learning what works for me. I'm continuing to like learn what works better for me. You know, where it's Mm -hmm. like a lot of the time changing my mind was because I tried something that I thought I should do, or that was kind of the template that was given to me. And then I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm going to change it a little bit to make it work better for me. Like, you know, I'm going to alter it or adjust it. And it doesn't have to be like this terrible thing, because as you get more information about something, you might want to do something different or reinvent it or, or whatever. But I think for me, career wise, it's been very challenging because I feel like I've, I've had like these two very severed, I guess, parts of myself of like, there is like the things that I enjoy doing in my career, they require visibility. They require a certain Mm. amount of visibility. And then, but there's the side of me that really kind of like, kind of wants to be like a behind the scenes person. It's very Mm, weird. And so I have had a hard time looking at examples of like, is anybody doing this? And what are they doing? Like, how are they, how are they navigating this? Because, you know, if I look at people like, um, and I think this is where that weird decision was to like niche so, so hard in my business is like, I'm looking at, you know, somebody like Mel Robbins, right? She's awesome with a great podcast and all that stuff. And she talks about a lot of things that can kind of like pertain to everybody and Mm -hmm. all of that. And I'm like, okay, but I can't, I can't have her business because I don't want that many people in my space. Right. So I have to be so niched that, that my business would work with not that many people in my space. You know what I mean? Where it's like, Uh, okay, but if I'm a business consultant to mental health professionals, I re- well, 30 people need to know about me pretty much a year and then I'm good. Right. I don't need yeah. 3 million people knowing about me. And so, but then you're like, but I don't want to keep, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this yeah. niche thing. So I guess I have to open things up a little bit for more, like inviting more people in because yeah. these, this is what I'm naturally wanting to talk about. I naturally want to talk about like unconventional everything. And that is not as specific as what I was doing. And so it requires something a bit different. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. It does. You're trying to find the center of a Venn diagram. Yeah. That's like a, a tough overlap. Yes. Yeah. Like a skinny, a skinny pie piece in the middle of what you're trying to find. Right. So Kels, I'm so curious to know how you 
manage that in your day to day of like the amount of visibility that you have mm-hmm. and that you get. And also being somebody who wants to have uh, peace and self care and all of that, like, like that you want to reduce anxiety in your life. How in the fuck are you doing that? <laughs> How in the fuck? Because I really struggled with it. Like I had to peace out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how are you doing that? Knowing that it's a tool that you, that you need at this time for where you want to go in your career. That's such a good question. And I really struggle with it. Sometimes I have to just realize that this is part of it. Unfortunately, that yeah. I am doing a contradictory thing. I am actively posting content online on a daily basis trying with all my might to always grow my following. And yet the more followers I get, it's terrifying to me. Yeah. Because like anytime I get recognized in public, I get, I feel two feelings. One is like, oh, that's so exciting. And especially if it's like a really wonderful interaction with somebody, it's such a great heartwarming thing. And then there's a second feeling that comes in where it's like, oh man, the more that this keeps happening, the more I realize that like, now I feel a pressure to like, never look like shit when I'm out running errands to, it's just weird to feel like, uh, the more my visibility grows that the idea of privacy is getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. Because sometimes I'll get messages from people like, oh, I saw you today in that coffee shop and I was too nervous to come say hi or that I'm a fan. And that's so interesting because then you're like, oh God, sometimes I'm like somebody knows me and I don't know that they know me. Right, <laughs> and I'm just right. like out living my life. But uh, something I've done is I, f- I actually think of you a lot, but the whole, if it's not a fuck, yes, it's a no. Mm. I have that mentality when I'm posting things. If I am not completely confident in a clip I'm posting or even something I'm putting on my stories, I don't post it because I know now that the amount of followers I have, there are just so many trolls. Like people are going to be shitty sometimes, no matter what. So I always just have to feel certain with myself that I'm good with what I posted. Right. I'm happy with it. Everything's fine. And this is actually, uh, this is kind of a hard thing for me to say on the show because I've said so many times during these tour announcements, like, I love meeting helpsters after the shows more than anything. Please come out, all this stuff. And uh, I have had a huge amount of growth on Facebook in the last year. So in the course of a year, I went from 10,000 followers on Facebook to 410,000 followers on Facebook. Oh my God. which is very exciting and very great. But there are a lot of, (laughs) and when I say this, I'm not talking about everybody. I I don't want to offend anybody who like started following me through Facebook, but I noticed, I noticed more um, comments on Facebook from like maybe older men or just men with creepy sexual, not great intentions. Yeah. And I've started to notice in my merch lines at shows that now I'm getting more and more interactions with people that are 
not comfortable for me. Yeah. People, you know, guys just saying gross sexual things in line. Um, if I take a picture with somebody, maybe they're putting their hand on my body in a place that feels really not appropriate. And comedy club security, unfortunately, a lot of the time doesn't really know how to handle those situations. Mm-hmm. And I can't blame them. It's not like that's probably happening on a weekly basis. But I, I'm getting to a point now where I might have to have the clubs sell my merchandise and I don't do a meet and greet. And it it really upsets me because I genuinely love meeting people after my shows. Like I yeah. lo- especially helpsters, helpsters more than anybody. I love like giving you guys a hug and talking about the podcast with you and just getting to getting to meet you guys because Delaney and I just record <laughs> the two of yeah. us in a zoom chat like we don't get to meet you unless you come out to a show and that's when you're asking me like what do you do to keep yourself safe to protect yourself to keep the peace in your life that's a change that I've started to really consider doing is not doing meet and greets because it just takes a handful of people each show saying really inappropriate things that make me feel unsafe and just not comfortable and it's not it's just not worth it. So uh, we'll see. I'll, I'll keep you guys posted on what I'm going to do with that. But yeah. Yeah. It's just a, yeah, it's really weird. It's all really weird. Like it's a, it's, we just talk about, you know, life is in the gray. It's all gray. There's pros and cons to literally everything that we do Yeah, and just, you know, trying to, trying to navigate it and being okay with changing and evolving. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, hope that was helpful. If you've been gray rocking yourself to be <laughs> super, yeah. I don't know, like boring because you think it's going to protect you or keep you safe or all that. I know that I also have to think about like there, all the, all that shit has like already happened. Like my, like the worst fears and like the criticism and all that it's happening no matter where you are or what level of visibility that you have. So you might as well just like follow the thing that you really want to do. And yeah. because it's all already here anyway, you know, I'm like, yeah. what am I afraid of? It's already happened. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You got to do what makes you happy. Yes. We have an iTunes review from Helpster with the first name, uh, first letter of the first name. Oh, um, it says all my ex's moms, the girls have created such positive messaging in my life that it's okay to rest and take care of myself. And if I'm not loving what I'm doing or the relationship I'm in, there is a better fit out there. Yes, exactly. Yes. That's what we we're talking about on this episode. Um, I became a fan of Kelsey when I saw her at Comedy Fort in Fort Collins. And afterwards, someone beat her at foosball for once. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, was... somebody beat you? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I talked about this, that there was a guy who showed up who he was a pro foosball player. So he hustled oh me. God, so we funny. we played a game and I beat him and then we and we played another game and then he beat me. So it was uh yeah, that was like I always put that one in a different category because it wasn't a typical just like person after a show. It was a, another professor, but um <laughs> look at her or this person. I don't know who this person is, but airing out my dirty laundry. I love it. Um That's since so then funny. I've discovered this podcast and listened to all of it, including the Patreon episodes. I identify most with Delaney and personality, but I think this show offers something for everyone. A song came up on Spotify that reminded me of Taylor's bit about her ex's mom, who basically told her that she was too good for the woman's son. 
the song is called <laughs> the song is called all my ex's moms by brooke alex hope you'll give it a listen and pass it along to taylor just for some laughs oh thank oh, you so, so much funny oh what a nice review yeah that's so nice oh. like so many specificities in there thank you so much for doing that yeah yeah thank you so much for taking time to leave uh, an amazing review like that um okay so segments so i have a really yeah. interesting update i think i Ooh. went to I've talked on the show about that I really struggle with TMJ. So I clench my teeth at night. I have tried everything to stop clenching because it, you know, yeah. it causes so much pain in your jaw. It fucks up your bones in your face. It's like a really horrible thing. And nothing has helped. All these things I've tried. And so I finally got referred to a cranio facial specialist I think that I, I need to Ooh. fully remember the whole title but they did a two-hour appointment with me yesterday where they took all of these scans of my face they did all this imaging they did all these tests and found out that I have a deviated septum in oh, my nose shit. oh my septum it's supposed to just go you know everybody's supposed to go up and down like a highway right yeah. Mine veers way off into my right nostril. And so I have trouble breathing through my nose. This happened because I have a tongue tie, apparently. I have a significant tongue tie, they said. So your frenulum, the piece of um, skin that attaches under your yeah. tongue to the floor of your mouth, mine is short and tight. And as a child, it like didn't it didn't develop the way it was supposed to. It's supposed yeah. to be longer. And if your frenulum is the right length, then your tongue will hit the roof of your mouth and it will make your palate expand the way it's supposed to. Because right. my tongue wasn't hitting the roof of my mouth, my palate just went higher and higher and higher. So the roof of my mouth is too high up and it went into my septum. So it pushed my septum out of place. Oh, what? Okay, and how does this all relate to your TMJ? So it's causing all of this, um, all this tension in my mouth because my tongue isn't going where it's supposed to. So it's, it's causing all this tension. I've like grown, grown bone in my mouth. It's insane. And so when you, when you're getting a bunch of tension in your mouth, your jaw can try to relieve it at night. Like it's, it's all stressed. And so it's like clenching its way through it oh my gosh so what are you supposed to do like what can you do for it i have to go to speech therapy really Uh uh-huh i I have to kind of cut your frenulum like it isn't that a thing that they can do too yeah they can do that but they like to start with uh, so it's called a myofunctional therapist first so she's gonna work with me and try to get my tongue to move the way it's supposed to and make my frenulum longer through exercises and oh then, um, and then if that doesn't work, then they would do the lasering. What the hell? Who'd have thunk it? I know. That is such an interesting uh, root cause of this. Yeah. TMJ. <laughs> what? I know. I know. It's, it's one of those things. It sounds like wow. TMJ is something that you can have a bunch of things that all kind of come together and cause this problem. So I will keep you guys posted. Oh, my God. Um, my speech therapy. Oh my gosh, please do. Wow. Never would have thought that would be, uh, that would, that would be helpful. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I haven't talked about, um, 
really quickly, I'll share like my honeymoon stuff with Cam. We went to, yeah. we went to Ireland. It was such a magical fucking place. We were there for like two and a half weeks. We kind of just went in a little circle. We went to Dublin, uh, spent a lot of time in the city, saw a lot of places like where my grandfather grew up. Like we, you know, we stayed on his street, went to his like, you know, a childhood church, like all this stuff ate at cafes where like my great aunt worked all, all that. It was so cool. Just like really immersing ourselves in like, yeah, my family history. Um, I saw my fam, my family, uh, uh, burial, 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 burial. Um, yeah. yeah, Burial, burial, burial. Saw that (laughs) at, uh, yeah. At the glass, glass Nevin cemetery. So that was very fascinating. Um, so yeah, that was really cool. Then we went to Doolin. We saw the cliffs of Moore, which was beautiful. Um, we went to Galway, we went to, um, Cork for a few days, really fun, like kind of young college town vibe. Galway was like, it's awesome little kind of, uh, you know, city by the sea, I guess, town by the sea. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went to Kildare County and big shout out to, uh, Kilkey Castle in Kildare. It's one of the most magical places I've ever been to in my entire Whoa. life. If you have a chance to go, highly recommend it. The staff there, like everybody who works there is incredible. Like they treat you like royalty. It's some of the most exceptional like service I've ever experienced. It was such a magical place. Um, And then we went uh, back to Dublin. So, and we stayed in like a variety of things, like a really old, like 200 year old farmhouse, you know, a lot of different like Airbnbs. So shout out to Biddy who let us stay in her farmhouse and meet all of her animals. Um, <laughs> and then we stayed in this really cool eco village um, that was just in the middle of nowhere, beautiful. And um, the people who own that place are like, they blend their own teas and stuff. I mean, we just had the coolest time staying in different hotels, Airbnbs, a freaking castle. And yeah. it was just really, um, a really amazing trip, uh, something very kind of wild and woo woo that happened. I I've already kind of shared this with Kels, but, um, mm-hmm. about a week before we left to left for our trip, I was told that like my grandmother maybe had a week and a half left to live. So we left on the trip, basically knowing that she was going to die like halfway through our trip, which was sure. really hard to do. Um, and so we, you know, we, we left and I was kind of keep, I was keeping in touch with her, um, you know, over, for FaceTime and phone call. She wasn't responsive and stuff toward like towards the end of our trip. Um, but I was able to tell her we were, we were in Ireland and she was really excited for us to go there. Obviously it's where her husband lived, you know, Owen was born. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, this is really interesting, but my grandma's favorite song, um, is, is called, um, how are things in Glockamora? It's her favorite song. It's from Finian's Rainbow, random. It's a, it's a, it's a musical. And Glockamora okay. is like this fictitious village in Ireland. And the song references like weeping willows and babbling brooks and, and all, and, and being in Kildare, Ireland, basically. And mm-hmm. so we, we were at the castle, this castle in Kildare County, Ireland, and we're walking around the grounds and I see a weeping willow hanging over this like river brook that goes throughout the whole property. I'm like, holy shit. I feel like I'm in Glockamora right now. I got to call my grandma. So I called my grandma and told her, you know, like, Hey, Glockamora might be like this fake name, but it's a real place. And like, we're here. We found it. And that was like the last time. Sorry. Fuck. Oh (laughs) shit. I was, I was trying not to cry. (laughs) 
It was the last time I talked to her. And um, so that was just a weird moment of like this song that she always loved. And then we were like in a place that felt like that, that kind of magical place that she liked. But what's crazy is that um, I also, uh, she held out for a week longer than she was supposed to survive. And so I was able to land. Um, We landed the plane. I took an Uber right to my grandma and then was able to say goodbye to her. She died within like 45 minutes of me getting there. So she lived like over a week or something longer than she was supposed to. And I was actually able to say goodbye to her and give her her little gift and everything. She wanted us to bring her back, you know, something from, from, for good luck from Ireland. And Mm -hmm. I gave it to her and, you know, did all, did all all my things, said everything. And, and yeah, so that was really wild that that Mm -hmm. happened. And, um, you know, I like to think that she was holding out for me, but I think she was holding out for her gift. <laughs> you know, my grandma loved her gift. But yeah, so that was just kind of a weird, um, you know, I love talking about all the woo-woo shit on this podcast. But so yeah, it was like very meaningful, meaningful trip in like so many ways, for sure. Wow, no. Yeah, thank you for sharing that with with our listeners. And oh my God, I loved seeing the pictures you sent me. Uh, oh, just the most beautiful place. place. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You have to go there. You have to go. It's so great. (laughs) Yeah. All right, guys. Well, yep. If you're changing your mind about something, no, it's okay. Know that everybody's changing their mind about stuff all the time. Yeah. Like all your favorite people, all your favorite businesses, everything. They've all changed their mind a million times. Yeah. And thank God, because getting DVDs in the mail from Netflix would (laughs) suck dick to still be doing that that way. So it's good to change. (laughs) It is. It's really good to change. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Self Helpless Podcast. You can find our Patreon community, merch, and our individual work at selfhelplesspodcast.com. We'd be thrilled if you shared this episode with a friend or feel free to post it on Instagram and tag at selfhelplesspodcast so we can repost you and say thank you. Thank you.